Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dakota T. Jones here from Millennial Hollywood. Today we are not in the studio once again, but guys, we are so excited to be in the editing suite for Bear Creek Productions, the Bald Knobber film here. We are so excited to be sitting down with Michael Johnson, and we have a series of questions. It's a film that I was a part of, and we're so excited. It's almost done, and we cannot wait to see it. So here goes. Well, let's go way back. Let's take it way back. Do you remember the first time that you met me? I do remember that. Uh, we were at the Mansion Theater in Branson, and you were in this stage play, Peter Pan, starring Kathy Rigby. And uh, you played John in that play. Uh, I was able to do all the special effects on a large screen back behind, so that was my relationship with Peter Pan. But it was the most awesome show, and I will have to admit, you stood out. I don't want to inflate your ego now, but you, you did stand out. So later on, um, when it came time for us to make a movie, uh, you were at the top of the list. You still don't get more money, but you were still at the top of the list. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good to know. And something I've always been interested in, obviously I was in the film, but I've always wondered what made you want to tell this story in particular? When I first came to Branson from uh, Texas, I'll try to make this short, um, I did a, a program called The History of Branson. It was not just the guitars and the lights and things that Branson has known about. I went back to the 1700s and came forward. In that process, I came across the story of the ball hour and I couldn't believe it. It was almost like a Kevin Costner type Western and it, it was an amazing story, a true story that had never really been told in cinema. And so it was that process and knowing there was good, there's two, always usually two sides to a, uh, a scene, and, but there were good people on both sides. So we tried not to slant it one way or the other, but it, it was so dramatic and it was known far and wide in New York and Europe during the 1880s. It was about a vigilante group that kind of uh, usurped the power and, and sometimes power corrupts. And it's a story about that and the people and how they survived that era. Obviously, there's a lot of plot lines going on in the story, but what to you is the most important plot line to be played out? The most important part, it centers around the leader of the uh, Taney County ball knoppers in Missouri. He was a complicated man. His name was Nathaniel Kenny. He was a good man on one hand, a family man, and he was fairly well off, not rich, but fairly well off, had a ranch, and he got tired of just seeing injustice go on. But when you put a group together, they grew up, grew to be 1,000 strong in their process, and they took the law sort of in their own hands and made their own laws as they went. And as in many cases, sometimes power corrupts. So this story is about that. It, is, it follows both sides and what they were trying to do, both thinking they were doing the right thing. Obviously, you did say that you wanted me to be a part of this film, but um, what made you want me to play Billy Walker in particular? As I was writing the screenplay, Curtis uh, Copeland and I wrote the screenplay for it, uh, and, you, and you begin to take a look, what do you visualize as this character, that, to who do you know that could fit that part? And uh, we had several young, young people's parts that you probably could have slid into, but I knew you could carry the emotion of the character, having seen you in Peter Pan, and, uh, and then we became friends too. 
There was no doubt. There was no really audition involved for that. We knew you would be right for the role, and uh, because you can, you have such a range from the serious to the silly, if you want to. I mean, <laughs> you, you could do all these characters, and and this was a this was a lead role in Ball Lover. It wasn't a secondary role, and as you know, the character, uh, your character went through some highs and some lows and it mm. got pretty tough there toward the end. So it, it was an amazing depth that you brought to the character. Thank you. That really does mean a lot. I really appreciate that. Your check's in the mail. Alright, I'll be looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously there were a lot of bumps along the way. There's a lot of things that you never know when you're shooting on location. There's weather playing a factor. There's you know cameras and a lot of things that have to run very smoothly. But what to you is the most challenging scene to shoot where it just seemed that things were not on our side that day. I believe the most challenging scene was, uh, and you were involved in that, you defied your father in the scene and took on a raid all by yourself with about eight or ten guys. You raided a cabin. Your character led that raid. The complexity, it was a real live small log cabin in this area. And we had to squeeze cameras inside that cabin, a lot of people, doors were kicked open, guns fired, people screaming, and we and it was raining and it was about thirty degrees outside. And all that had to go exactly like clockwork because we had our we had eyewitness description of how that fight went down mm -hmm. and we shot it exactly like it went down. And uh, so that fact from you help kicking in that door, shooting all the different angles, fighting the weather, and uh, once we got through with it, and I know I just showed you the ed edited scene on that, it was an amazing scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole film. And we also, we just filmed an interview um, for the making of Bald Knobber film. And this is gonna be a, a separate thing. Right, so this is not going to be aired with the movie. So, what can people expect from the making of the Bald Knobber, and where can they find it? Well, this is an unusual, unusual situation. We were not backed by a studio. This was funded by mostly me, but uh, it's an independent film. But it's probably one of the few independent projects that sort of becomes an epic motion picture because we had, you know, 91 speaking parts. We shot at 46 locations. We had uh, 500 extras. And for an independent film in Branson, Missouri area, it was uncommon. And so uh, the making of Ball Number goes behind the scenes. How did we shoot it? How did we, could we afford it? Which I often wondered. <laughs> and uh, it tells that story. And at some point, we'll even have some of the things that went wrong, some of the bloopers and things like that. But I, I want to show them how hard and what conditions our actors and our crew worked they were all amazing and worked as a family and, and they're, they're still family. We have over 60,000 people following the making of Ball Number and the project uh, without it even being shown to anybody yet. Yeah. So that's a good thing. I know my grandpa, uh, Tom Jones, he's, he's, I think, the most excited. He's always telling me, is it done yet? I'm so excited to see it. He's going to be front row at the premiere, I'm sure. That's always the most number one <laughs> question because it took, us, it took us five years to make this film. Mm -hmm. And so the number one question was, when? Yep. When's it going to be done? Well, it is done. Yes. That's exciting to hear. So I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. And obviously we don't know exactly yet when the film is going to be premiered, but is there a set place that you'd like it to have its first showing? 
we are working on that now to select a venue in, in the Branson Springfield area. It will probably premiere twice. Uh, once in Branson and once in Springfield, they're about 30 miles apart. Mm -hmm. uh, but because this whole area backed this movie uh, emotionally and the historical aspect of it, it's, it's really important to this area and the descendants of the original people. So it'll premiere here. We're not sure which venue yet that will be announced and we will release, uh, do press releases on it. And uh, it cannot show in a 300 seat theater. So we're looking at one theater that'll seat 3,000 people wow. and another theater that'll seat 2,000 people. And so all those little details have to be worked out. We hope to premiere it in November of all this right. year. That's very, very exciting. I. I, you're gonna fly me back, right, for the premiere? Uh, yes, I, I, I will take care of the tickets. Um, sounds good. I'll call your dad. All right, sounds good. <laughs> and for everyone who wants to get involved, uh, is there a certain website that everyone can check out or social media platforms that we can look at to uh, get some updates on the film? I almost do daily updates on uh, uh, Facebook, on mm -hmm. Ball Over the Movie, but most people go to Michael Johnson uh, on Facebook and Branson. But there's also ballnobberthemovie.com that you go look at the characters, see some photos from the from the scene. But again, most of them go to the Facebook because it's updated daily, and that's the most you know, accurate information right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was so My much pleasure. fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for joining me. It was so much fun to interview Michael Johnson, and we will see you guys next week. I will be back in California, so stay tuned, and I will see you next Friday. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.